Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this fine Tuesday? It's Twitter Tuesday. I told you last Twitter Thursday that there was too many questions to answer, and I didn't get to them all. So I'm going to make up for it today. I'm working on a draft guest this week. I plan on probably hitting Twitter Twitter Thursday as usual. Again, there's a lot of time, a lot of questions. Um, so let's just dig right into it. I am at Williamson NFL. I am at WilliamsonFootball.com. And Alan M. asks, who are some players you think the Seahawks would stay put at 18 for? Um, I am actually working on my first mock draft right now uh, for WilliamsonFootball.com. I'm going to do the first 10 picks. So I've never actually done a mock. I've critiqued, I think I have, but it's been a while. I've critiqued them. You know, people will do the mocks and they're not easy by the way, but I haven't got to Seattle yet, but I look where they're picking and I'm looking at some names. There's a lot of directions they could go. I mean, and you can say that about most, most teams, but they have a lot of directions they can go. And I think a misconception out there is they just have to take the best offensive lineman available. They have some linemen. They just need to develop them. I don't know that... I mean, this is kind of early for Geis as a running back. I don't think that's an 18 option. I could certainly see this team trading down and just trying to bring in a lot of bodies. Remember all the change they went through when Pete Carroll took over the first time? Um, I could kind of see that approach. Is Let's just bring in a lot of competition. Remember the USC mantra of, we're going to have lots of competition and see where the chips fall. Uh, they need wide receivers, but I don't think you take them at 18. I, they could use a tight end badly. I don't think you take that guy at 18. All those skill position players on offense, to me, is screaming trade down. And maybe even offensive line-wise, too. You know, if it's an Isaiah Wynn, a Will Hernandez, um, maybe a tackle. Uh, but again, it seems a little early. I think if you're at 18, and the way I kind of spelled it out there, you know, McGlinchey could be an option, would be best defensive player available that's not a linebacker. I mean, you don't have to challenge Wright or Wagner. Is there a safety there? Not really. There should be some corners. I mean, I think that that's not too far-fetched. I mean, there's a, a Josh Jackson makes sense, and he fits the system really well. Will he be there? How about an interior disruptor like Vita Vea? or Hurst, somebody like that, maybe. Um, I think Taven Bryan could be somebody that they really like. I mean, that, that's a name that's kind of jumping out at me now for this question is maybe he's Michael Bennett for them, you know, a guy like Taven Bryan from Florida. Um, safety, you know, James isn't going to be there. Patrick isn't going to be there. It's a little early for the other guys. So this is a pretty good question because I haven't thought about it yet, but I'm planning on it for my part two of the mock. It's going to be hard for me to find a good match for 18 with Seattle. There's a lot of directions they could go. And just to assume it's an offensive lineman to me is, is foolish, to be honest with you. Um, Cletus Van Dam asked me, in your time working as a scout at the college and professional level, who is your best find as a player? Um, the year I did with the Browns, one thing I can absolutely take credit for is one of my jobs was we took Braylon Edwards with the first pick you know, and it was, it was the third overall. But one of my jobs was 
hey, Matt, find three more wide receivers to bring to camp, you know, that or camp bodies. Here's $10,000. You can divvy it up. So that's how much you give in signing bonuses, you know, at least back then. You can divvy it up any way you want to three receivers who are undrafted. So, like, when the sixth round rolls around, you start calling some of the top dudes on your board, calling their agents and stuff, saying, hey, if your guy doesn't get picked, we'd love to have you. And I know we just drafted a, a stud as the third pick, but we're not very good, and you can make this team easily. And a guy that I ended up giving almost all 10000 to, and it's not all me. I mean, I remember, like, Paul Warfield sealed the deal. He was a scout for us. But I was on the phone with him constantly through the process. Was Josh Cribbs. And that worked out pretty well. You know, I mean, he was a star in the league and a very valuable Brown. Um, so I kind of get some credit for that. I mean, he was top guy on our board. I kept hounding his agent. And, you know, he, he played locally. You know, he, he was played right down the road. Hey, join us. You can be our kicker turner now. You know, we can turn you into a wide receiver. And that worked out really well. Um, at the college level, there were certainly some, but the one that stands out for sure is Joe Flacco. I mean, he went to a really small high school, or not a small high school, but Audubon High School in New Jersey, was not heavily recruited. And his tape, you know, we didn't ask for it. It just came across my desk. And it's like, who is this 6'5 guy throwing ropes? And he had actually played some free safety, too. And I went to his area coach, and I'm like, this guy is somebody we need to pursue. And he totally agreed. Then I took him to Walt Harris, our head coach, who was also our quarterback coach and quarterback guru. Um, he loved him. You know, like, boy, let's get more tape. You know, let's get more of the highlight. And I think we ended up beating, like, Ohio University on, on Joe. You know, and he didn't stay at Pitt, but um, I felt like I found them. You know, like there's a lot of those guys that we didn't know their names before. I was the first layer of defense when their VHS tape would came across my desk was no, no, no. I mean, 90% of them are like not interested. Eh, maybe the O-line coach should look at this guy. And then this one was like, whoa, we got to get involved with that guy. Um, Andrew White asks, does Ben have another championship run in him? I think so. Um, I think the Steelers are a contender. I really thought Ben was a much lesser player the first half of the year than the second half, and there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. We know he's better at home. There was a lot of road games early on. Played a lot of really tough defenses to begin the season. Um, had some disconnect with guys like Martavis Bryant, and Juju hadn't stepped up yet. and you know, But he flat, flat out wasn't playing that well either. But I thought he finished the season really strong, and I still think he's a top 10 quarterback without question, probably somewhere in that 5 to 10 range though, and will need some some help for sure, but I think he might, I mean, he has publicly said, hey, I mean, I, I want to play three more years, we'll see, I mean, that's easier, that's easy to say today, I mean, if the Steelers win the Super Bowl next year, he could easily say, I'm done, this is great, time to get out. Or he absolutely could say, you know, another disappointing you know, dismissal from the playoffs like they didn't have the Jacksonville. He absolutely could say, I've had enough of this. I'm done. Um, Bryson Papp asks, how much would you be willing to give the Patriots for Gronk? This leads me to two things, because we talked about this earlier. Um, the going rate, apparently, for Odell, and Adam Schefter today came out and said, these conversations are very real. So I want to touch on that quickly. I think that's 
and go back to another podcast or two. I mean, that to me is a fair, fair rate for Odell Beckham. Because not only do you give him two, two first-round picks, but you got to pay him, and you got to deal with some of his headaches. But he is a absolute special player. And I think he's got a lot more football ahead of him than Gronk. Just to rewind real quick, if the Giants do trade Odell, to me, that changes the number two pick a lot. Like, to me, that all of a sudden... I'm really considering Rosen or, you know, it's rebuild time. If you trade your best player for picks, you, you have a hard time convincing me that, yeah, we think still think we're a player or two away. Obviously, the situation is different in New England. And I've heard the rumblings and I get it. And maybe they think, boy, he's taken a beating. We can still get something back for Gronkowski. But considering what little football Brady and Belichick probably have together, I think it makes no sense at all to trade Gronk. I mean, he is unbelievably important to that offense. There's just no answer for him. You know, I mean, I've talked about this so many times with you guys, that if he's on the field, you can play big ball or small ball. You know, like, I can detach him if we want, if you're going to play, you know, depending on the defense you put out there, if you put heavy personnel on the field, no matter who the other guys are around him, I'm going to detach Gronk, and he's going to have linebacker matchups, or somebody will. And if you do the opposite, we're going to put a lot of defensive backfields, backs against the Patriots, then he comes in line and blocks defensive ends off the ball. I think that would be a massive mistake. I mean, Belichick has traded some guys, and one that really comes to mind is Richard Seymour, who I think is one of the most underrated players of this generation. Like, when that one happened, I was like, wow, you traded Richard Seymour. And maybe they don't think Gronk has much left, and this is the only time they can get value for him in return. But I think it would be foolish to trade him because they have a great chance to repeat this year. I mean, I think you have to give Brady Gronk. What's the going rate if I'm after him, though? I would have to be a contender. You know, like Seattle really needs a tight end, but are they really a contender anymore? let's think, you know, division by division here off the top of my head. I mean, they're not going to trade him in division. They're not going to trade him to the Steelers. Steelers would be interested anyways. I don't think the rest of the North would be real interested. Would Tennessee give up their first-round pick for him? Would Houston, but they don't have one, or a second? Houston would be a nice fit. Um, Colts would not. Jacksonville just signed ASJ, but I don't think they'd trade him there. I don't even know if they'd trade him in the AFC. Um, with the Chargers, no. They have Hunter Henry. The rest of that division, Kelsey, no. With the Raiders, sure. I don't think they're a contender close enough that Gronk puts them over the top, but I could sure see Gruden liking, liking Gronk. I mean, would you give your first-round pick if you're the Raiders for Gronk and conceivably have him for two years, make a run? Maybe, maybe. Uh, a NFC East... Sure sounds like a Dallas-type move. I don't know that I would be that short-sighted if I were Dallas. Um, the rest of that division, probably not. Ertz is going to hand, you know, and Ingram are going to hold down the forts at those positions. The Patriots are, or the, the Packers signed one. Uh, the Bears signed one. I don't think the Lions would, well, maybe. Patricia moved on from Ebron. Maybe, you know, have a middle-of-the-field presence. If you're the Lions, you give up first-round pick for Gronk. Hmm. Maybe, you know, I'm just spitting out some ideas. Minnesota, I don't think, would be in it. Atlanta? I mean, I like Hooper, but Gronk is a put-you-over-the-top type of move. Late first for Gronk? Maybe. Carolina? I mean, Olsen's up in age, I don't think. Saints? Hmm. 
that one's kind of interesting. That'd be a good team with Gronk. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Um, how about the West? I don't think the Rams would be involved. Niners? I mean, I like Kittle a lot. I wouldn't give up that pick for him, but maybe a second and a future second. I don't know. I mean, that, that to me is the ballpark. I don't think it's a smart move for the Patriots to trade him, though. Hiram Boyd asked me, do you think the Texans have a good enough team to go far into the playoffs? Maybe. Um, I really worry about the O-line. I understand that Watson is magic and special in the next Jordan. And, you know, they, they, they do dynamic and wonderful things with him. But without a line, I feel like that could turn into Russell Wilson running around like crazy. And yeah, you got to be pretty darn special to make that work. And unlike Wilson, I really think that Watson is too much of a risk taker and got away with a lot of it last year. Um, that doesn't mean that he can't lead him to the playoffs or he can't be great. I mean, I absolutely think he could. I, I think their skill position guys are decent, especially the receivers, Hopkins, Fuller. But the tight ends and the running backs are a little worrisome. I know some people are excited about Foreman. He's coming off a ruptured Achilles, though. Um, but the key here is JJ to me. You know, is and is it foolish for me to think JJ Watt can be the JJ Watt that we saw that was one of the best players in the history of the game? I mean, that's what he was. I mean, if he comes back at that level. And I have to think it's probably a long shot. But if he does, that's a game changer, man. 